hello and welcome to the Healthy Be Human podcast. My name is Callie and I'm your podcast host. If it's your first time listening, I'm literally so happy you're here and you found the podcast. Welcome. If you're back and returning for more, welcome back. Equally as excited that you are back. You guys, I just recorded that intro, I think, four times. I don't know what's happening. I feel very like, I don't even know, like twisted words today, if that makes any sense. But here we are. So the way our episodes always start is I like to lead you guys through a little quick little check-in where we just become grounded and present with how we're feeling. And it's so fast. So let's just quickly do this. Okay, close your eyes. If you're driving or walking or whatever, don't, obviously. But just become focused with yourself really fast. Take a big inhale. Fill up your lungs, lots of goodness, energy, just amazingness in your breath. And on your exhale, open your mouth, sigh it out. Just let it go. If any tension, any stress in your body, in your mind, just release it. One more big inhale, a little bit taller, growing tall in your chair, growing tall in your spine, and holding this breath at the top. And on your exhale, open your mouth and just sigh it out, letting your shoulders drop out of your ears, face relaxed, just let it go. Keeping your eyes shut, I want you to ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? Never judging it, just listening to how you're really feeling right now. And now I want you to ask yourself, did something happen that made me feel this way? Okay, now, on a lighter note, ask yourself, what is one thing I can do to make myself feel happier, feel better in my body? Cool. (laughs) Okay. Now ask yourself some physical questions. Have you drank water in the past 30 minutes? If not, you know the drill. Pause the podcast, grab your nice glass of water. Maybe your water has lemons in it, cucumber, mint. That's my new favorite obsession, detox water. I don't even know what's called detox water. I think it's like, I call it like hotel spa water, to be honest. Anyway, grab your water and chug it and then return. And now ask yourself, have I stood up in the past hour? If you haven't, stand up, stretch out your legs, shake out your arms, shake out your body, get the blood flowing, and return to the podcast. Okay, final question today is I want you to tell yourself or ask yourself, what is something that the younger version of me would be really, really proud of that I've accomplished so far in my life? This is a really powerful question and take some time to really reflect on it. Maybe pause it and just think about it, journal it down, and then come back. All right, you guys, I hope you're feeling a little bit more connected to yourself. Check-ins are always such a great way to just figure out, okay, why am I feeling how I'm feeling and just take a moment in your crazy busy life to really reflect. I think check-ins have been like one of the biggest things that have really helped me just in my days, even leading you guys on my on the Monday Instagram stories through check-ins. I'm also doing the check-in myself and I think it's always really, really cool to see, okay, this is how I'm feeling. This is why I feel this way. How can I help myself feel better. Okay, so I am so excited to get into the topic today. We have a guest on the podcast. I'll announce this in a second, but before we do that, the way our show works is I always like to give you guys a a little bit of a life update. So I, last week, really, really opened up on a solo episode. Whoa, losing my voice. Sorry about that. I drank too much hot cacao just now and it got stuck in my throat. It's so good, you guys. It's like I froth a type of milk um, in my frother and then add one tablespoon of cacao powder and it's like so good. Random side note. Okay, anyway, back to the intro or back to the update is I opened up really, really like I got so vulnerable with you last week. It was almost like a FaceTime chat 
about my anxiety and depression journey. And um, I got a lot of really, really cool DMs and I've had some awesome conversations with you guys. And I want you to know that you can always talk to me and maybe I message you back a week later, a month later, but trust me, like I want to message every single one of you back and I will do my best, but please feel free to just reach out whenever and just vent to me. It's always confidential between you and me, any really private story you share. So just know that, okay? <laughs> um, I My Instagram is I'm sweaty and I know it. And like, seriously, just feel free to reach out. But okay, on that note, update since last week. Wow, you guys, I <laughs> went on a hike So this is pretty cool. I found a hike. It's like two hours out of New York City. It's called Harriman State Park. If you live in the area, definitely check it out. Honestly, I have been feeling like very nature deprived since moving up to New York. I moved up from Miami. If you haven't listened to my previous episodes, I lived in Miami for like five years. So it's definitely been an adjustment. I love New York for many reasons, but there's also things I'm noticing. I'm like kind of coming out of that, you know, like the first few months when it's you're in like that la la, like excitement to be somewhere new phase. I kind of feel like I've been coming out of it a little bit back to reality. And there's things I'm realizing that like I'm missing in my life. And that is definitely nature being grounded in nature. Like nothing compares to it. And the past weekend, me and my boyfriend took a train. No, my gosh, you guys, we took a subway to a path train to a regular train and walked to the state park. And okay, it was two hours. It was so worth it. And it was like, it was a journey. We felt like we were laughing. We were like, we're on a road trip right now. And this is so fun because we're not having to drive. So anyway, we get to the hike and it's absolutely stunning. Like, wow, we were... (sighs) There was so many lookouts and all you could see was just rolling hills. There was no noise from the highways. It was so cool and I realized just how much I miss being in the nature. So I'm going to Colorado this upcoming weekend and I'm really, really excited to be in nature some more. So anyway, I have my little travel bug coming back. I've been, I haven't traveled in like two months since I moved up here and I'm definitely like, I need to travel again. I miss it. So I'm really excited to explore and adventure the world again. (laughs) Um, but on that note, like real, just like in the present moment, I definitely think that I'm realizing a lot about myself just from living in New York city. Like, I don't think it's really my city. I love it, but I also don't think I'm going to stay here unless that's God's plan for me. I think after this year, I'm probably going to try to live somewhere a little bit more in nature. And I think that's really powerful to like have that realization, but I have been loving the city. And if you haven't ever come to New York, I definitely recommend experiencing it. It's it's a lot, but it's also really, really fun. And it's making me a stronger person and getting me out of my comfort zone. So that's been super cool. Um, also update, I have been feeling a low energy the past few days. I, it's so funny because I always talk about cycle syncing and tracking your cycle through different cycle tracking apps. I use this app called Flow and I really like it, but basically I'm not on birth control. So I get my natural like ovulation and natural period and all that. So it's been really cool to actually see how my hormones change throughout the different phases. And I have a whole episode on cycle syncing if you want to like learn how to do it. But I noticed after this weekend, my energy dropped so quick and my face started like breaking out like crazy. And it's so funny because like the next day, my flow app was like, yeah, you might experience some mood swings, some fatigue. And I was like, wow, 
we were spot on. And that's really cool because I just think it's so fun how the body, the female body is always changing. And I've been trying to honor my energy and how I'm feeling this week. And I think I've definitely been a little bit more in my head just because I have been feeling just, I always get like this the week before my period. I just kind of am super irritable about everything. And I'm really just like annoyed about literally the littlest things. So I'm trying to be present about that and just do things in my day to make sure I'm doing check-ins with myself. I'm giving myself breaks. I'm doing workouts that feel right with my energy and my cycle and eating foods to feel really good. So I just made the most delicious like summer salad with some fruits, some spring mixed lettuce from Trader Joe's. I also put some olive oil, peaches, strawberries, blueberries, and some pecans in it and feta cheese. And it was literally so freaking fire. So that was a fun little just random salad I just came up with as I was shopping at Trader Joe's. I'll definitely want to post the recipe on Instagram so you guys can try it out. But yeah, that's kind of the update and I can't wait to update you guys next week. I think I'm going to do a solo episode for the next episode. I'm kind of, I've kind of been vibing with like the guest episode and the solo than the guest. So let me know how you feel about that because I feel like the solos, I feel like I really am connecting with you guys and it's always really just, I don't know. I'm always like a sucker for the solos, but you let me know what you like. Always just DM me. I'm literally one message away, like I said, um, But anyways, let's get into our guest chat. I'm so excited to have my friend and literally such a queen in the holistic nutrition space. Welcome Rebecca Lee on the show. You probably know her from Instagram at Rebecca Lee Health, but she also is on TikTok as well, has her own podcast, and she is so just insightful in the world of nutrition. And I really, really love talking to her about all things mindful eating, how to start, just some simple tips and tricks for healthy eating and finding balance. So I hope you love this episode. Before we get into the guest portion of our show, make sure you leave a review. It helps me a lot and it helps our podcast reach more people. So on that note, let's welcome Rebecca. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited to be today's guest. Um, If you don't know me, hi, I'm Rebecca Lee. I am a certified holistic nutritionist currently living in LA, but I'm originally from Chicago. I love all things wellness, holistic health, and I share, you know, advice, tips, recipes, all that good stuff on my social media pages and my podcast as well. Love it. I have been obsessed with your TikTok. It always comes up with my for you page. And I love, I just love how open and vulnerable you are. And you talk about topics that a lot of people tiptoe around. So I am obsessed with it. And also your podcast is amazing too. What's your podcast called just for anyone who's listening? Thank you. Thank you. The podcast is called the Rebecca Lee podcast. So similar to my social media pages too. Love it. Okay. Let's just start from square one. What got you into the world of wellness? Yeah, great question. I think my journey with the world of wellness began when I started to get into fitness. So around the time when I was in high school, after I decided to quit soccer, I was like, I don't know, a senior in high school at the time. And I just discovered the world of like fitness and weightlifting. And I got obsessed really quickly to, you know, cut it to the chase. (laughs) I started seeing results and changes in my body. I started um, counting calories, counting macros, which then led into a whole journey of disordered eating and binging and a whirlwind of like not so healthy habits. It was taken too far to the extreme. So I first kind of started 
as like a point of struggle. Like even though in the beginning there was good intentions, just like wanting to become more fit and healthier, I didn't realize that it actually got to a point of like it being unhealthy. So through that journey, I had to learn how to actually cultivate a healthy relationship with food, myself, my body, um, learning more about holistic health and healing myself from the inside out because I started developing gut issues, hormonal issues. So learn looking at like holistic health because doctors weren't really helping me. So healing myself, um, doing all the mindset shift, you know, the mindset work to help me to become, um, you know, kind of who I am today and where I'm at today. Wow. Long story short. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. I would love to hear kind of what was the point when you noticed that your, your relationship with fitness and food had taken a toll and it was going in the wrong direction? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it was when I realized a few things. I realized first how much it was impacting my relationships with other people, like my family and my friends. And I would get so stressed out about even just like going out to eat or going to a party. And it deterred me away from my friendships. And I just started getting into fights with my family because I wanted to like hold on to so much control around what I ate and what I did. And they just didn't understand it too. Cause they were like, Hey, are you okay? Like what's going on? And I'm like, I'm fine. Stop doing this. <laughs> so they created tension there. But I also think when I realized that, like, I looked in the mirror and I wasn't happy with who I was, not just from what I looked like, but just genuinely inside. I was like, I'm not happy with myself. I'm not happy in this place, in this state. My self-talk is so negative, so toxic. I don't have a great relationship with myself. And the external reflected the internal struggles and the internal relationship I had with myself. And that was shown just through the way I looked as well. Wow. I definitely resonated with a lot of that. I used to do a lot of fad diets when I was in high school. And mm -hmm. I remember one summer I was doing keto and I, if anyone's not familiar with keto, it's basically a super low carb diet. And I had this point where my friends would invite me out to get ice cream or go to dinner. And I'd always be saying no. And it was, it was like one of those moments where it was like, my relationships definitely took a toll too. So I really related to that for sure. So in terms of the healing process, what was kind of the first step you took to start to heal your relationship with yourself? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a journey. So I want to first and foremost say that it's not like an easy one, two, three step boom, you're healed. Like just know that it's a lot easier to look at people like maybe like me now and be like, Oh, she went from this to this. It's so easy. No, like it was a journey of ups and downs and ups and downs. So like it definitely takes time and it takes practice and like a lot of self-love. But if I had to choose like what the first step kind of looked like, I think it was removing a lot of the toxic um like external things in my life that were contributing to that relationship I had with food and exercise so for example like not watching those youtubers or instagram people at the time who were preaching low calorie counting calories um you know all of these different things in the world of fitness even though they didn't have bad intentions I was just at a place where I couldn't watch it anymore. I couldn't see it anymore because my whole life was consumed with it. So like removing those external things just from like my headspace really helped. And I think also like deleting my fitness pal, throwing out my food scale, just like cutting back on the gym, like forcing myself to do these things that I knew were having such a 
bad and negative impact on my mental health and my well-being, even though it was hard because it was a habit, right? Like that's what I was used to doing, but forcing myself because I knew it wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't good for me to really cut those things first and foremost. That's such great advice. Did you ever ever have moments when you started to remove those things from your life where you felt super tempted or maybe you went back to the old habits? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a big thing too, um, was that like, I would still count the calories in my head, even though I wasn't doing it like on my fitness pal technically anymore. I was still like thinking about it and it was still like a thought in my mind and it was still, you know, those thoughts and that voice in my head would still come up. So that's what I was saying. It's like, it's a journey. It definitely wasn't just like, okay, I cut everything out and now I feel great. No, like it took a lot of mental work too. But I think the first step is like literally physically removing those external things. And then once you're in like maybe a little bit of a safer space with yourself, then you can start to work on the mental shifts, the mental component, the relationship you have with yourself, the self-love. But it definitely was not like an easy road to get there. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely also struggled a lot with that. And I mean, even to this day, like certain things will still trigger me. Mm-hmm. And that was years ago when I was doing all of those fad diets and all of that jazz. So, mm-hmm. okay, questions, like a kind of a deep question, but when you were going through a lot of those, just the negative self-talk, what was the main phrase that would always come up that was the hardest for you to get out of your mind? That's a good question. I mean, I think it was just, the around the idea of like never being good enough, never feeling good enough, no matter what I did, no matter what I looked like, it was never enough. It was like, oh, I should have pushed myself in the gym more. I should have gone to the gym and done this today. I should have, shouldn't have eaten that. I should have eaten this. I should have that. You don't look good enough. You don't, this couldn't, like nothing was ever good enough. And that all stemmed from my relationship with myself. It didn't matter what I looked like. It didn't matter what workouts I did, what I ate. Like literally didn't matter what it was. It was like, I was always putting myself down because it was never enough because I didn't feel like enough. I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel like enough. So of course, nothing in my external world was going to feel like enough if I didn't feel like enough with myself first. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. That's a really awesome realization to have. And when you started, you had that realization. What were the things besides obviously removing everything that was not serving you and wasn't giving you good energy? Like, what did you start to do next to build that relationship with yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, like this realization, you know, and the things I'm talking about now of like not feeling like enough, I don't know if I consciously recognized it in those moments. Like now I can look back and see that very clearly because of all the self-work that I've done. But in those moments, I didn't realize that. Like, it wasn't like in the moment I could pinpoint it. It was just like, I want to look better and I want to lose another five pounds, another five pounds, another five pounds. Like, it was so external, like focused that I didn't even realize, consciously realize that's what, you know, what was going on. But in terms of like next steps, I think for me personally, what helped me was that this was around the time when I started going to college. So I went to the University of Michigan for people who don't know. And I think I just started to realize that there were other more important things for me to worry about and focus on my life that took priority over some of these other things going on. And so, you know, a lot of things were changing in my life. There was a lot of transitions. I was going to college. I was meeting new people. I was focused on my grades. And not to say that like you should just 
divert your attention elsewhere. But I think what really helped me was focusing like, okay, there's all these other amazing things going on in my life that I don't need to focus so much on like what I look like right now. Like I can just focus on like having fun, meeting new people, like doing new things. And I think over time, like that combined with doing more of the self-work and like really looking inwards to becoming like better with myself and a better relationship with myself is what really helped fuel that along the way. And that journey is like still ongoing, by the way, like it doesn't end. Like it's very much, I'm very much healed from all like my relation, my past relationship with food and exercise, but I'm still working on my relationship with myself and like really feeling worthy and whole and complete for like anything else that I'm wanting in my life now, whether it's like work or relationships, like doesn't matter. Like this journey is never ending. It just kind of shows up and manifests in different areas of your life. I think as you get older. Totally. I completely agree with that. And I think for me too, it's like I healed from, or I thought I healed from all of that disordered eating. And then even this past year, I had a really rough patch. They haven't really opened up a lot about, but it's been a process to rebuild it. And it's one of those things where it's important to like be really mindful about what you're allowing in your life. Because I think when I started to experience a lot of the disordered eating again was when I started to look and consume a lot of content that was around, it was surrounding that topic. Maybe I was looking at a lot of girls who had that, like the smaller figure. And I was trying like subconsciously, my mind was like, Oh, I want to look like that. And then it's like a downward spiral. So it's like so important to protect your mind and your heart and just be mindful about what you consume. I think that's one of the biggest things that really stuck out to me when you were sharing your journey is you were able to just replace the things around you that were really triggering you, especially when you went to college too. Have you heard of the crowding out method, by the way? Yeah. I've heard about that. Like in terms of food. Yeah. It's, I think it's cool. Cause I think when you were talking, I just remember I was, it was, I was reminded of that method. Cause it's like, you were crowding out the things in your life that were not benefiting you with things that yeah. were making you feel better. And maybe they weren't even things that were involving health and wellness. So yeah, I love that. That's true. And it's really goes back to the, to the idea that what we focus on and like where we put our focus and our energy and our attention, like that is what area of our life is like going to grow and manifest more. So if you're completely consumed and focusing on the way you look and your body image and looking a different way, like you're going to miss out on so many other amazing opportunities in your life because you're just so consumed and focused and like narrowed in on one thing versus if you like literally put your focus anywhere else. Like when I went to college, just like, oh my God, new friends, new this, like whatever. I didn't even think about my body as much because it was like my focus and my attention was going elsewhere. So that's what started to manifest more in my life. Yes. I love that. And it's so funny because I actually was just saw this video right before this podcast. It was this girl who she was a personal trainer and she was talking about one of her clients who was in their seventies and how she asked what their fitness goals were. And it was, I want to be able to just be able to lift my groceries. And it was like an eye-opening thing because so many people just are wanting to do this to change their bodies and to look a certain way. And it was like, Oh my gosh, like if you put your focus not so much on trying to change yourself to fit a mold or to look like somebody else, and instead you put your focus in a place that's more loving and more beneficial to your energy and to your mind, like it's going to manifest in the right direction. So that's, I love that. I wanted to ask you, okay, so obviously now you are a holistic nutritionist. What took you to, obviously you fell in love with wellness when you were younger, but like what steps got you to be a holistic nutritionist? Yeah. So I think 
for me and my wellness journey, like one thing led to another. So, you know, I had the disordered eating time. Then I started developing gut issues and hormonal issues. So then I looked to the world of holistic health and holistic healing and wellness practices. And then from there, I started learning about other wellness things. So like kind of one thing led to another. And I've always been super interested in nutrition and, and health and wellness. And that relationship has definitely evolved now to the point where I'm like, whoa, I love the idea of using food as medicine, using food to heal, like really like healing from the inside out, like eating foods that make you feel good and wellness practices that make you feel good, that improve your mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health, like all of those things. Like my outlook on health and wellness has definitely shifted. And I think over the past few years, I've really kind of anchored and narrowed down on like what my definition of health and wellness looks like. And I wanted to do something to help, to help learn more and like almost capitalize on that opportunity and capitalize on my passion. So I did a certification through AFPA to become a holistic nutritionist just out of intent to like learn more because I was curious. And this was during the pandemic and quarantine when I literally had nothing else to do. So I was like, okay, perfect opportunity. And while I was doing that, I decided to start my social media pages, which then led one thing to another, you know, my Instagram, my TikTok, my YouTube, my podcast just to out of pure passion to like share what I've learned over the years about nutrition and wellness and holistic health and like how to live your best life and be happy and improve the relationship with yourself, you know, all that good stuff. And so I think just one thing led to another where I started learning more and wanted to share more and share my passions to where I'm at today. Something that is very near and dear to my heart is talking about hormonal health on this podcast. I remember the first time I got my period, it was right before leaving for figure skating practice and let me tell you, everything about it was miserable. I bawled my eyes out the entire car ride wondering if I would ever stop feeling like this. Okay, a little dramatic, I know, but I felt similar emotions last year when I continued to struggle with hormonal acne, up and down moods, and painful periods. After doing lots of research, I realized as women, we are never taught in school that painful periods aren't normal. In fact, your body could be signaling to you that your hormone levels are off and need some support. That's where Hormone Harmony steps in. Hormone Harmony is your complete natural hormone support for women that adapts to the body's unique needs and can help maintain optimal hormone levels, relieve occasional bloating and mild mood swings while improving sleep quality and supporting weight management. Trusted by over 1.2 million customers, Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. Have you ever heard of maca root extract? I've loved maca for a while now because it has been shown to provide sustained energy, relieve mild mood swings, and support a healthy desire and drive. Okay, what about ashwagandha extract? This ingredient in Hormone Harmony has been shown to help the body adapt to stress and support cortisol levels, which is so key the week before your period. Another ingredient that really sticks out to me is Chase Tree Berry Extract, which has been shown to relieve monthly symptoms of PMS like bloating, cramps, acne, breast tenderness, and the pre-period sad girl hour that we probably already all know at this point. And the biggest benefit of taking Hormone Harmony, in over 17,000 reviews for Hormone Harmony, Feeling like myself again is what women mentioned over and over. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code Callie at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code Callie for 15% off today. 
You may have heard me talk about this before, but something I've been prioritizing in 2024 is taking small actions each day to improve at least 1% in my physical, mental, and spiritual health. One of those daily healthy habits I've been loving is taking care of my gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. I first started taking Seed way back in 2019 when I was having all sorts of painful gastrointestinal issues and was getting no answers from my doctor. During this time, I dove into the world of holistic health and learned how important a healthy gut microbiome is for the rest of the body to thrive and feel amazing. So I started consistently taking a daily probiotic for the first time ever and experienced significant ease in my bloating. My digestion became healthy and regular and I noticed an increase in my energy levels and mood. One of the many things I love about seed is how easy it is to fit seed into my daily routine. No refrigeration is needed and the free travel vial from the welcome kit allows you to take DSO-1 on the go, which we love. Love, especially with summer travels right around the corner. As you know, I'm currently pregnant and I'm super cautious about what different things I'm putting into my body, so I definitely feel reassured taking DSO-1 over other probiotics because of their rigorous scientific testing and 24 clinically and scientifically studied strains. Trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash Cali and use code 25Cali to get 25% off your your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash Cali, code 25Cali. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. It's incredible. I love that. So tell me a little bit. I want to obviously touch more on like your gut health journey as well. But for now, I would love to hear about kind of like a day in the life. Obviously, you're living in LA and you're... Like when I, when I hung out with you, I was like, oh my gosh, this girl's living the dream. And I'd love to hear more about kind of what the day in the life looks like for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause I swear every day is so different. And I know people say that, but it's like actually true. My days are so, so different because I work for myself and because I don't have like, you know, a stereotypical corporate job. I, the days can really vary depending on what's going on in my workload and my work life. Um, as well as personal life. But typically speaking, I try to get up, trying to wake up earlier. This is a newer thing for me. I'm not a morning person, but I'm becoming one. So I try to wake up around like six-ish, maybe seven, do my morning routine. So I keep my phone on airplane mode while I'm sleeping so that in the morning, I don't check it. Actually, like check the notifications until I'm done with my morning routine, which is a super amazing hack for all of you guys, by the way. Like you need to try this. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, your days will become significantly better. Trust me. So I do that and then I wake up and I meditate. Like morning meditation is a non-negotiable for me. Like that is one thing I have to do always. Um, and then after that, I kind of see what I'm needing that day. Like sometimes I'll journal, sometimes I'll do some gratitude, make my matcha, make my breakfast and then, or like a pre-workout snack. And I try to work out like in the mornings. It's not always perfect though. This is like my, you know, my ideal days. Like sometimes it's not always like this. Sometimes I sleep in, sometimes I scroll on my phone in the mornings. Like I'm not perfect, but this is what I've been trying to do lately. And then after that, it's just like the workday gets started. Like I'll have some meetings, I'll film some content, post content. Um, maybe I'll have like some brand deals to work on, emails, computer work, projects that I'm doing, podcast stuff. Like it really just depends. And each day is just kind of like what I'm needing to do. Like I set up my week. So it's like, okay, I need to get X, Y, and Z things done. And then I kind of go from there each day and see like what things to tackle that needs to get done for the day. That's amazing. I love that. I feel like, so I also work for myself now and it's definitely been a bit of a struggle. Cause like you also, I know you got, you came from a corporate job too, right? You were working mm-hmm. corporate before this. Yeah. I think for me, it's been like, interesting trying to navigate how do I make this not feel like a corporate structured job because especially in New York City everyone it feels like everyone's working in corporate so I'm like okay nine to five I should be working but it doesn't necessarily mean that so how have you in terms of like work-life balance how have you managed obviously you're juggling a lot of different balls how have you managed to do that yeah it's It is really tough. I will say in the beginning too, like I quit my corporate job a little bit over a year ago at this point. So I think I've gotten better at it, but in the beginning it was definitely really tough because I was kind of striving and seeking that, like that strict schedule, but it's not like that. And so I think I've learned to kind of flow with it more. Like I don't see what I do as work-life balance. Like I don't think there's ever going to be a perfect balance of everything. And I don't strive for that. I kind of just flow with what's needed. So I try to finish up a lot of what's like really needed for the day, like earlier in the morning. So that if someone wants to get lunch or if I'm going to go to the beach or go do something else, like 
I can do that. And then I can come back and finish what I need to get done. Like for me, it's more about like, what are the tasks at hand that need to get done for the day, for the week, for the month. And then I kind of just go from there and tackle that instead of like having this rigid schedule of like, oh, nine to five, I need to be working because what I realized is that I wanted that in the beginning. And what I ended up doing was just a lot of busy work. I ended up just doing busy work to feel busy, to feel like I was working, you know, X amount of hours a week. And then I was like, what am I doing? I literally don't need to be doing this if it's not actually helping and advancing like my career and my business and my work. So I think it's about doing trial and error and just kind of finding what works for you. Like maybe having a time block of like from this time to this time every day, I work on this. And from that time to this time, it's this, or like this day is for podcasts and this day is for content. Like I know people do different things and I do think I'm still experimenting with like the best schedule for myself, but I think it's just being open and flexible into trying different things and like not trying necessarily to fit the corporate mold because it's going to be very different. Like some nights I'm up until 10 PM working and I started working at 8 AM that day. Like it's just every day is going to kind of be different in that way. Yeah. I love that. It's awesome advice. Okay. Going back a little bit to the nutrition health world, tell me a little bit more about your gut health struggles and kind of what you have done that has helped your gut heal. Yeah. So my gut health journey started back like in senior year of high school too, when I was going through some disordered eating and I went to a bunch of doctors at the time because I was experiencing like horrible bloating. Like no matter what I ate, no matter what I did, I would wake up like literally six months pregnant. Like I was super bloated all the time. I was having horrible gut issues, like being regular, um, stomach pain, just like everything was really, really off. And I went to doctors and no doctor really could help me. And they told me to go on a low FODMAP diet. They tried prescribing me like pills or antibiotics or whatever it was and nothing really helped. So that's when I decided I needed to take matters into my own hands. So I started doing a ton of research, like, okay, gut health. What even is this? Because I swear, like, when was this? It was like six years ago. Yeah. I'm 24 now. So like six years ago, gut health was not as big as it is now, I have to say. And so I was just like fascinated by this whole world. I'm like, whoa, what is gut health? Like, how can I improve my gut health? What does this mean? Like, blah, 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 blah. And I started learning about like traditional Chinese medicine and herbs and all of that good stuff. And so I don't want to give like a hundred percent X, Y, and Z. Here's what what's helped me because every gut health journey is so, so different. Like you for sure have to follow like yourself, your intuition, like listen to your body and see what's working and what's not. But I have to say a big piece of my gut health journey that I don't think I realized at the time, but now I do looking back was healing my relationship with food. The disordered eating is a hundred percent what, I don't want to say what caused it, but what made part of it even worse, because when you're having that much stress and that much distress about the food you're eating and worrying about every little thing and what you're putting in your mouth and all your workouts and like all of that stuff, that is going to have a big impact on your gut because stress and anxiety live in the gut. Those emotions literally get stored in the gut. So you are going to have worse gut health issues. Like if you are experiencing, you know, like debilitating disordered eating. And that was a hundred percent the case for me back in the day. And it's so interesting. I actually have a few podcast episodes up on my podcast with um, an amazing gut health doctor. 
And he explains this even more from like a medical perspective of like how much disordered eating has an impact on the gut coming from a doctor, like saying like, this is actually legit, like that stress and that anxiety will affect your gut. So side note, I just thought that was interesting. I thought about him, Dr. B. Um, (laughs) And I think it's very much overlooked, which is why I'm so passionate about talking about it. Like, Hey, it might not even be about the food. It might be about something else in your life. That's causing a bunch of stress and anxiety. And for me, that was my disordered eating. Yeah. I think I saw, wait, okay. It was, what was the doctor's name on your podcast? Dr. Will B. Okay. So this is so funny, but I, when I was looking at your podcast, I saw that and I had found him like, I think it was like 2019 or 2020 on Skinny Confidential's podcast. I'd listened to it and I was like, whoa, I learned so much from that podcast. And that's when I started taking like probiotics was from listening to his podcast. I was like, wait, this is awesome. So I love that. And I think in terms of like, so besides obviously like stress and anxiety really affecting your gut, what other things have helped you heal your gut health? Yeah. So I think generally speaking, coming away from the fitness oriented mindset. Like for example, I always tried to eat as lowest calories as possible. I didn't really care about eating whole foods or foods that were good for like, you know, my nutrition. I kind of just cared about, like, it didn't matter if it was processed or not, as long as it was like low calorie and low sugar. And so I totally switched from that mentality to, I want to eat whole foods, whole nutritious foods that have high nutrient content that make me feel good, that have fiber, that aren't processed. Like when you switch from one mentality to another, like I don't even care about calories or anything now. I just kind of focus on like, what are like, are these whole foods? Are these fruits, veggies, whole grains, beans, legumes, nuts, proteins, like whatever it is. Like I kind of view food now more as like, what benefit is this giving to my body? Like, is this helping me? So switching more to like a whole foods diet is something that's helped my gut health just in general and eating a lot more fiber too. So Dr. B talks a lot about this on the podcast too, of like eating whole plant-based foods because plants have fiber and fiber is very good for your gut. So eating mostly whole foods, you know, I do have processed foods here and there, but mainly whole foods, plant-based foods, that is super good for the gut. Like the gut microbiome loves all that good stuff, like all the veggies, all the plant-based fibers. And I mean, there's a bunch of other things too, that just in a day-to-day, like, you know, taking probiotics, um, bone broth has helped heal my gut a lot. Um, what else? There's so much literally sea moss. Now I take sea moss gel and sea moss is good for your gut. Like there's so many things you can do, but like, I don't want to overwhelm people and make them think that they have to do or get all these supplements or things. Like it really can just be so simple of like, limit your stress, like handle your stress better, figure out what's going on, eat whole foods, do things that are good for your gut microbiome. Like sure. Take a probiotic, a prebiotic supplement, like whatever, whatever helps you, but don't feel like gut health has to be super, super complicated because at the end of the day, like it might be more simple than you think. But I will give a disclaimer, if it is something really, you know, debilitating and you're really, really struggling, like it can help to see a doctor, maybe a holistic doctor, a functional medicine doctor to run some tests and see exactly like what it is, the root cause that might be going on in your gut microbiome, because it could be like literally so many different things. And 
gut health is not a one size fits all. So if you really are struggling, like seeing a doctor and running tests can help too. For sure. I've been wanting to see a functional medicine doctor. I keep hearing that they're amazing. Mm -hmm. I went to, I thought I, I thought I was, um, I thought I had IBS one summer. It was following my keto diet actually. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to so many different doctors and taking so many tests and like nothing showed up and it was the most discouraging thing ever. But what personally helped me with healing my gut in that situation was I dove into the world of nutrition and I was, Mm -hmm. I actually was eating a plant-based diet. I don't eat plant-based anymore. I eat like everything, but at the time, like that really helped me was like all of those whole foods, like you were mentioning. So that's really cool. And like, I guess my next question is for the people who are wondering, like, okay, they've never really, they've always wanted to eat a little bit healthier and add more of these nourishing foods into their, into their diet, but they're just not entirely sure where to start, like what recipes to make. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah. Check out the recipes on my page. <laughs> Kidding. But seriously no. though, <laughs> yeah. tons of good recipes on, on that, on that page. But um, no, actually, I think it just literally comes down to like simplicity. Truly people get very overwhelmed in the world of health and wellness and like think they need to do all these crazy things. Like literally no, find like three vegetables that you enjoy. Like literally three, if you can start with that, find three veggies, you enjoy, enjoy like three fruits, like get a can of beans or rice, or, uh, I don't know if you eat fish or chicken, like whatever it is, like find like five to 10 healthy foods that you actually enjoy eating and start from there. Like, sure. Try recipes, like, you know, look online, follow people on Instagram who have good recipes, like whatever it is, but like start simple, start slow, especially if if you're like new to this whole world and you really just have nowhere to start, like no clue where to start, find a few foods that you enjoy eating, buy them at the grocery store and like experiment how to make them. It doesn't have to be super complicated, super tough. Like the best thing you can do is like dabble in it a little bit, like get started. And then one thing will lead to another instead of trying to go like zero to a hundred, because that's where people get discouraged and fall off is that they think they need to go buy all of these things and completely overhaul their whole lifestyle when really just starts with like a simple first step, like find three veggies you like, boom, go from there. I love that. That's awesome advice. Definitely, definitely simplify for sure. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a million, I've looked up how, like healthy recipes online and I remember I was so discouraged because a lot of them were like 20 ingredients or like mm-hmm. at least 10. And I was like, I don't want to go spend a hundred dollars at the grocery store yeah. on one recipe. So that's a really awesome, no, literally. awesome advice. Like awesome. I literally just posted a, a three ingredient pancake recipe, like a banana, an egg, an oat flour, which you can make from rolled oats. Like literally it can be that simple. You know, it doesn't have to be crazy complicated. I'm going to have to check that out. I love pancakes Mm -hmm. so much. (laughs) So in terms of obviously balance, like you said, it doesn't, there's never an equilibrium where everything is the exact same, but obviously the world, the word has been juggled a lot around nutrition. So in terms or like healthy eating, so in terms of balance with healthy eating, what would you say that means to you? Yeah, I think balance and the word balance is going to look different for everyone. And I think everyone's definition of balance is going to look different. And that's where I think it can get overwhelming when seeing everything online, because there is so much buzz, word, so much buzz around the word balance, 
that it can be that literally balance in itself can become overwhelming because you're like, well, what does that actually look like? And I think I talk about this in the podcast episode, even deeper of just like do trial and error and find what works for you and being open to that definition changing, like in different seasons of your life, balance can look different. Like when you're going through a more stressful period of your life, or maybe you're going through a more social period, like that balance can look different. Like maybe you're going out to eat more often than you did before, or maybe like, you know, you're leaning more towards your comfort food during a stressful time or whatever it is like that definition changes for me too. Like I go through periods of like, maybe I'm traveling a lot right now. And like balance for me at that point looks like kind of eating whatever I want when I'm out and like walking a lot, if that's the case, you know, or when I'm at home or in a good routine, like that can look very different. But overall, I think it just depends on like what amount of like healthy, good things for you that make you feel good and things that, you know, you crave and going out or whatever that other bucket looks like for you, what balance of the two still makes you feel really good on a day-to-day basis while also not leaving you feeling deprived or like away from anything. So finding the balance of the two buckets that still makes you feel good, but like also like enjoying your life, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's like an awesome answer. And honestly, I was talking about this on one of my podcast episodes recently too. It's like the importance of not comparing yourself to other versions of you Mm -hmm. because we are completely evolving every single day as a person, as a human. And I think it's like, it can get toxic when you look at yourself from a month ago or a year Mm -hmm. ago and you're like, whoa, like what was I doing then that I'm not doing now? And then you start comparing your entire life when just Mm -hmm. everything is just so different. And I think it's important to just keep your eyes on what's in front of you. What really exists is all that's in front of you. So that's a really awesome answer. And I love that so much. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about in terms of food guilt. (laughs) So that goes hand in hand with like the whole balanced food eating mindset situation. When you're, let's say you're wanting to have a chocolate cake for dessert and you really want it, but you're eating it and you feel guilty. Like, how do you, how do you turn off those thoughts in your head? Yeah. I think a good thing to remember and recognize is that I don't believe it's about turning off the thoughts because it's natural for them to come up. I think it's what you do and how you respond and react to the thoughts. So we can't necessarily always help with thoughts come in our heads, but we can do is choosing how we react and we respond to them. So let's say the thought of like, oh my gosh, why am I eating this? I feel so guilty. Oh my gosh, I feel horrible. Comes up in your head. You can either A, choose to let that thought consume you, go down a negative spiral, which then probably leads to more overeating because you're just putting yourself down. Or B, you can see it, recognize it and say, you know what? I choose not to believe this anymore. I choose not to let this thought control my life. And it kind of just goes away. And that's what I think the beautiful thing about life is. And just in general, and I think meditation has actually helped me a lot with this, is that recognizing that our thoughts are not set in stone. They're not reality. They're literally just a thought. And you have the power to decide what you do with it and how much you let it control you. So I think also you can come back to the to yourself and ask yourself, what do I believe? Do I believe that 
eating chocolate cake is bad? Like, do I have to attach morality to a food? Like literally morality to a food. Like you, when people feel like guilty over eating something, you're literally attaching morality to a food. Like you would attach doing something bad, like lying, cheating, stealing. Like there is no morality when it comes to food. Food just exists. It doesn't, it's not inherently good or bad. There's no morals to food. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so you have to ask yourself, like, what do I believe in? Do I want to continue believing this? And that's all like the mindset shift and the mindset work that I talk about is like, do I have to believe this thought anymore? And it's, well, no, if that's not serving you anymore, you can see the thought, let it pass and say, I don't believe this anymore. And once you do that and come from a more positive and like loving standpoint, you probably won't even care to eat like the whole cake. It's when you come from a guilt and shaming perspective, that's when the overeating happens because you're literally putting yourself down. And what happens when you're down? You tend to overeat. But when you come from a loving standpoint, you're like, okay, cool. I'm enjoying this cake. Next thing, let's move on. Wow. That was amazing. (laughs) I'm like taking notes. I love it so much. What are your favorite resources for meditation and mindfulness? Like any books you'd recommend? Yeah, I don't know if I have any books. I do think there are some great like apps for meditation. I really like Open, the Open Studio. They have one, uh, an in-person one in Venice that I go to sometimes, but they have a really good online app. Um, Besides that, you know, it's really easy to get any meditations like on YouTube for free. Like there's a ton of resources out there. I think I've gotten to a point where I can kind of meditate on my own now, but there's a ton of free resources that it doesn't, doesn't have to be super um, crazy. Love it. I've heard of open. I used Mm -hmm. to do um, Mimi Bouchard's superhuman meditation. Oh, I've heard those are great too. I have really fallen out of my meditation routine, but I miss it. It's so good. And I was, when you were speaking, I was thinking, have you read the book Power of Now? Oh, I love the Power of Now. You sounded like the, you sound like the book Power of Now. I was like, I love it. I need to reread it. <laughs> oh, I, that was actually one of the first books I read, like on my, on my journey a few years ago. Me too. It's so good. And I think it really just brings to perspective how our minds are not actually us. Yes. And it's like this whole concept. It's really cool. And how our thoughts it doesn't mean that they're actually true. Like you said, you can really decide, like, do I believe this thought that's going through my head? Even when you're comparing, like, let's say you see someone online and you're like, oh, like she's prettier than me. Is that even a real, like, is that even real? You have to look at your thoughts right. and think, no, that's not like you can decide to let that go. And yes. yeah, I love that so much. Wow. Well, you've like spoken so much wisdom. Is there anything else that you'd like to just any advice you'd want to give to my listeners about anything in wellness? You know, just trust yourself, listen to yourself, listen to your body, listen to your intuition. Like wellness can be very overwhelming. And I think one of my goals in general is to make it a little bit less overwhelming for people. And I think the way to do that is to listen to yourself because there's going to be a lot of outside noise, especially with social media and our friends and our family. And the person who really knows what's best for you at the end of the day is yourself. And tuning out the noise and really trusting in your gut and your intuition and your body and honoring that will lead you down a much better path and a much more successful path in a quicker way. And looking back at my younger self, like I wish I just kind of honored my body and myself more. And I think that would have sped up my healing journey a lot quicker too. For sure. I also feel like too, for people starting out in the wellness world, it's really important to educate yourself, to take the steps to 
learn and read about different people's opinions and facts backing it too. I mean, when you only see one type, like, I think for me, it's like, I only thought there was one way to work out. I only thought there was one way to eat. And I didn't take time to really educate myself and see there was so much more out there. So I would really recommend for anyone starting, like, don't just listen to one person, look and find out all these different other options and test them out. You can try different types of workouts, see which one feels the best on your body, try different types of foods, see what feels good and makes your body feel good and energized. So I definitely think like, that's what I would just going off of what your advice is. Like, I would also say, I think for me, like where I went wrong in my journey was not really understanding what I was doing and listening to the wrong things. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it was so nice to have you on and to chat with you. Um, but go ahead and plug yourself. Where can my listeners find you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been a great convo, honestly. I really love talking about this stuff. Um, on Instagram, I'm Rebecca Lee Health. Lee spelled L-E-I-G-H. TikTok, I'm just Rebecca Lee. My YouTube's also Rebecca Lee. And the podcast is the Rebecca Lee Podcast. Love it. Yeah, guys, go listen to her and follow her on everything. She's amazing and has so much wisdom. But have the best day and thanks for coming on again. And I will talk to you again soon. Thanks again for listening to our episode today. I hope you loved our conversation. Make sure you check out Rebecca on Instagram at Rebecca Lee Health and also my Instagram if you want to connect at I'm Sweaty and I Know It. Definitely tag me listening listening to the show wherever you are. If you're on your hot girl walk, if you're in the car at work, just tag me. It's so amazing. I love seeing you guys loving the pod and I love all of your sweet messages as well. Also, don't forget to leave this podcast a review if you loved it and you're feeling nice. It seriously helps so much and it helps us reach more people and just help change someone's life. So anyway, on that note, I will see you guys next week for a little solo episode. Have the best day and stay sweaty. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.